0: Welcome to the Jason Claus Show. I'm Jason Claus, your host, and today we're talking about, as always, good ideas for busy managers. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Jason Claus. I'm your host, and this is the Jason Claus Show. It's a podcast dedicated to finding and sharing good ideas with Bay Area busy managers. My experience is the best managers out there, they're idea collectors. They're always on the lookout for great ways to lead their team, to build culture, to motivate people, to help their organizations get from where they are to where they want to be. And that's what this show is about. It's about finding those ideas and sharing those ideas. We have a great episode for you today. We're gonna be doing a short one And we're going to be talking about a topic called CEO fraud. It's a cybersecurity topic. And this is the first in a series that we're going to be doing aimed at trying to raise the cyber safety or the cybersecurity fluency for the Bay Area, for the San Francisco East Bay specifically, and for our teams. And we're going to get into this topic right after this. The Jason Clause Show is brought to you by Insight. Computer problems are expensive and frustrating. They're also almost always avoidable. You deserve a better computer experience. Trust Insight to deliver it. To check out what Insight's doing, go to www.insight.net and pay us a visit. All right. Welcome back. So I've actually started reading a newsletter that's put out uh, by uh, an organization called SANS, and I'm going to leave a a link to them in the show notes. But this is a newsletter that I read about CEO fraud. It's written by a, a, a gal named Angela Pappas. She's the director of information security training at Thomson Reuters, uh, in her role, she's responsible for their ambassador program, e-learning, educating employees, um, and helping them understand topics that pose a significant risk. And so I'm going to include a note in the show notes to this newsletter also. You can also find it on the LinkedIn group, and you can get to the LinkedIn group from the, uh, from the Jason Claus website. That, that address is www.jasonclaws.com. So CEO fraud is also known as business email compromise. And basically what it is, a a cyber bad guy impersonates the CEO or another senior executive at the company in an email form that's sent to one of the team members. And the the whole goal of this is to create a whole bunch of urgency and rush the victim of this attack into making a mistake, transferring money to to an account that, that should not be transferred to. Disclosing employee personal information that'll be used later, or disclosing sensitive corporate information. And when it comes right down to it, this is a very unsophisticated attack technically, but a very sophisticated attack from a social engineering perspective. Um, Most commonly, CEO fraud takes on the, the, the form of a spear phishing attack. And to describe spear phishing, we probably should start with phishing. And that's P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. So phishing is when an attacker sends out a generic email to millions of people, like like casting a net out into the ocean. And the goal is to try to trick them into doing something, opening an infected attachment or visiting a malicious website. Or like in the case of WannaCry, that was a was an email that got sent out asking people to click on something spear phishing by comparison this is where an attacker sends a very customized email that's targeted to a very small select number of people so the attacker has done some research they've been on social site social media sites like LinkedIn or Facebook and they've they've used that to craft a message that looks very real so the the email that the victim receives is extremely realistic and it's hard to to tell the difference between that and an authentic email. It often appears to come from someone that the the victim knows. Typically, in this scenario, it comes from their boss or one of the the senior executives or the CEO, hence CEO fraud. The emails may use industry-related jargon and more often than not, they're going to try to create a tremendous amount of urgency. Uh, Again, trying to create an opportunity for the victim to make a mistake. And there's three sort of common scenarios that, or three big buckets that these types of attacks fall into. So there's a wire transfer. And in a wire transfer, the cyber, cyber bad guy, he's after money. So that person is going to target a victim in accounts payable or finance and then send an email pretending to be the target's boss. And the email is going to say there's an emergency and you must transfer money right away to this account. So that's the, that's the wire transfer scenario. This isn't, this isn't new, by the way. Um, people have been using the phone to do this. Con men have been using the phone to do this for years, decades. Second scenario is tax fraud. So the cyber bad guys after employee personal information, and then we'll use that information later to, for example, submit a fraudulent tax return. So in this scenario, the attacker is going to target human resources and send an email pretending to be an executive or the CEO or someone from legal um, and demand certain documents immediately. It must be turned over. There's or there's some sort of penalty or consequence. Again, creating a um, an artificial sense of, of of urgency. The third big bucket it's attorney impersonation, and this one's a little bit different from from the tax fraud one or the or the or or the wire fraud one. In that the cyber the the uh, the cyber bad guy he, that person is after sensitive corporate information could also be after tax information. Um, but they send an email pretending to be a senior leader advising that an attorney's going to call about an urgent matter. So it leverages sort of the credentialed sort of introduction that human beings are we're kind of naturally wired to know like and trust the people that we know that know other people that we know like and trust. And so the the attacker calls pretending to be an attorney and then again creates a great sense of urgency around Getting access to some sort of sen- uh, sensitive information, and usually that urgency is associated with getting sued or, or there being some sort of negative legal action that's going to occur if the victim doesn't comply. And so those are the three big sort of buckets: wire transfer, tax fraud, and attorney person- impersonation. Excuse me. So what do we do about it? I think at a broad level, I learned a long time ago that as an employee, as a team member, I am not always going to do the exact right thing. But I can know my policies. I can know the the ins and outs of my job. And I can try to to, to be the best that I can to always try to do the right things. So I've got a great quote that a manager from a long time ago gave to me and it's I can't always do things right but I can always try to do the right things and this in and of itself is not a, a countermeasure for cybersecurity or for cyber safety this is more a thematic thing that I find that when we talk about this with our teams and help them understand that the expectation is not for you to be Superman. The expectation is not for you to knock it out of the park every single time. And to accept the fact that we're human, and we're we're we fail and make mistakes, and that that's okay. I remember the other story that that I was told about. There's two executives that get together, and one of the one one of the executives says, "Yeah, one of my employees um, made it made a mistake. It, it ended up costing me." Uh, $10,000 and the other executive said well did you fire him and the first executive says no it just cost me $10,000 to teach him never to do that again I think that's the sort of attitude to take towards training as it relates to to cyber safety specifically to protect ourselves from CEO fraud a lot of the because it's a socially engineered attack there's really not going to be any code in the email that's going to trigger some sort of uh, a te- technical countermeasure that your IT team has put in place, or that or that your provider has put in place, this is really more about the 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 team being aware of something like this. So a great start might be to forward this podcast to your whole team and say, "Hey, this isn't that long; just give it a listen." But here's some things to look for: be a- be aware and look for cues that might raise a flag and say, "Hey, this just this just isn't right." So the first one, if the email is creating urgency unreasonable urgency that should be a sign if the if there's copy in there that's saying we need to keep this secret that's a sign if the signature isn't quite right or the email or the phone number isn't the one that you're used to seeing from your CEO or from the or from your boss that's a sign if the tone of the email just doesn't seem right if that just doesn't sound like the person that you're used to to working with that's a flag. Maybe using an unfamiliar name or a nickname or something like that that, 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 that hasn't been used previously. So those are all things to be thinking about. It's, gonna, it's difficult, right? The first trigger needs to be, okay, I need to do something right away. Because we all want to be good at our job, we're kind of naturally inclined to want to wanna comply. We need to retrain ourselves or rethink about that or be a little bit more disciplined and say, wait a minute, why does this have to happen right now? When in doubt, one of the best ways to sort of sort through this is to just pick up the phone. And I know that's very difficult, right? That's that's one of the things that we just in 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 our business climate these days we just don't want to do that. Um, but it's also a very quick, clear way to try to to try to sort through the the other thing. If you're using one of the instant messaging tools, maybe like Link, for example, that might be a great way to um, to, to reach out. First, before doing anything, and I think lastly, I I think we all need to be very scrup. We need to scrutinize any attempt from anybody to bypass our security policies and procedures. And from a leadership perspective, we need to. Our leaders need to really resist the the desire to just get it done. To just okay, those are the rules, but we can break the rules. Um, maintaining and, and adhering to your security policies. That's really, really important. That consistency is a guide um, and, and can help protect the business. So that's all I've got for us today. Like I said, this is a short one. And if you enjoyed this and you feel like it was valuable, I'd really encourage you to forward this along to your team. It's not I'm looking at the time it's it's under 13 minutes. Um and you can expect more of these. I'm going to try to do a few more of these short format episodes. And again, the 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 goal here is to over time through repetition help increase the the cybersecurity fluency for for all of our organizations. <laughs> If you feel like this was a good use of your time, I'd really appreciate it if you could head over to iTunes and, and maybe leave a review. That would be great. As I mentioned before, the best compliment you could pay me would be to forward this along to somebody that you think could use it. That would be awesome. Our next episode is going to be, over the next couple of weeks, um, it will be on another short format cybersecurity topic, something that's real compact, just a, a concept for us to be thinking about. Until next time, I hope my good friend Jesus blesses you with wisdom in your spirit, peace in your heart, and a lot of laughter in your belly. Take care now.